Welcome to Killian Baptist Church's podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Reynolds, the lead pastor of Killian Baptist Church in Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire at Killian Baptist Church is to be disciples of Christ who go out with the gospel that others might enter into a relationship with God. God bless you as you listen, and please consider subscribing so you can tune in every week. We're going to be in uh, Philippians, Philippians chapter 2 this morning as we are continuing our series of Flipping Me to We, Flipping Me to We. We're flipping our me mentality, our me focus, our me-centric attitudes about life to a we mentality. Why is that? Because as I talked about a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that the eternal we has been forever because it was always and has always been and will always be God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's been an eternal we for all of eternity. They living in submission and obedience and reverence to one another, constantly um, constantly loving one another. And so there's been this eternal we, but me came into the picture when Adam and Eve said, no, instead of us being obedient to what it is that God has for us, instead of trusting in his best way, instead of doing that, I, me, I am going to go my own way. I'm going to do my own thing because I think my way is better. And then this me-centric focus came into the world. And this sin-focused attitude of it's all about me brings destruction. It brings pain. But we are learning through the word of God, how it's important, it's essential that as Christ followers, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we are flipping the me to we. And this week we're going to be talking about we flip me to we and we be interested in others. We be interested in others. You say, well, why is that important? Well, thankfully, the Apostle Paul is going to lay it out for us, and we're going to walk through it together. So if uh, Philippians chapter number two, and we're going to go through one through four, verses one through four. And if you have your Bibles with you, if you'll turn with me there. If you don't have a Bible with you, we'll put it up on the screen. That way you know I'm not making this stuff up, and you can see it for yourself. So if you are physically able, will you please stand for the reading of God's holy, inspired, infallible, and inerrant word from Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 1. The Apostle Paul, speaking to the church in Philippi, he says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy... Make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambitions or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Verse number four, everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. May God bless the reading and the proclamation of his word, and may I preach as though never to preach again as a dying man to dying man. You may be seated. Our purpose as Christ followers is to keep the good news of the gospel at the very center of why we do what we do. 
is to keep it at the very center of what we do, and it's to keep it at the very center of how we do it. In other words, Jesus is to be our central point of motivation. I need everybody to look up here behind me. You don't have to look at me. You can look behind me. In the very center picture, who is the prominent person of interest in that center picture? Jesus. We have a a, a visual depiction of Jesus at the very center of the stained glass windows behind me. He is the central figure that exists in the scriptures. He's the central figure whenever it comes to eternity. This book is all about Jesus from Genesis 1 all the way to the book of Revelation. It's all about Jesus. And so we are to keep his mission, his purposes at the forefront of our focus as his followers. His word is our path that we follow for accomplishing his purposes. Because it wouldn't make any sense for us to say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus and not yield and be obedient and submissive to the very word of God, would it? No, it wouldn't make any sense whatsoever to do that. It would make sense that as we as Christ followers are following after him, we are saying, I'm going to be submitted to his ways. And so here in chapter one, the, uh, yeah, in chapter one in the book of Philippians, the apostle Paul points out to the church in Philippi, he says that we as Christ followers are all citizens of heaven. Where are we all as Christ followers citizens of? Heaven. So when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, no longer is our identity found in our ethnicity, no longer is our identity found in our culture, no longer is our identity found in our generation. Our identity is now found in Jesus Christ. And so we exist here on earth as ambassadors. Can you say ambassadors? Do you know what an ambassador does? An ambassador is typically an official representative from a a specific country to another country or another entity. And so we, as Christ followers, are ambassadors of Christ existing in a world in which no longer do we have our own citizenship, but now our citizenship is in heaven. Therefore, as an ambassador, whose message are we carrying to the world around us? Jesus' message. Because that's what an ambassador does. Whatever their home country is, they're carrying the message of their home country. In other words, we are no longer living here on this temporal earth for me, but we are living for the eternal we, for the purposes and, 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 and points in which God is calling us to do. We are to exist for the purpose of pointing others to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, to pointing others to what it looks like to follow after Jesus. And our lives as Christ followers are about keeping Jesus at the forefront. Our lives are about lifting him up by keeping him elevated in our own individual lives and also us as a church body. As a result of that, Jesus is, is, is being pushed forth from our congregation, from us in our individual lives, out into the world around us, in the world in which God places around every single day. And so the Apostle Paul, he's pointing out in chapter 1, he says, Jesus is to be at the forefront of our lives. We are to have the mind of Christ. And with the mind of Christ comes submission and service for the purpose of Christ. 
And so as the Apostle Paul comes into chapter number two, established that as Christ followers, we're ambassadors and we were to have the mind of Christ because we are representatives of heaven. Once he's walked through that, he starts off and he gives us some if statements. Now, a lot of the times when we hear the word if, it's sort of like a question. If this happens, then this will occur. But I want us to read it not as, 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 as if statements. I want us to read it as since statements, not like uh, C-E-N-T-S. Did I spell that right? Yeah, hold on. Yeah, I did. Not like that type of sense, but like since, like since this occurred. So we have it here that these are some things that are going to naturally work themselves out as a result of having the mind of Christ. So the Apostle Paul says, since you have encouragement in Christ, since you have encouragement in Christ, since you have consolation of his love, in other words, you've been the recipient of Christ's Love, since you have fellowship with the Spirit, because remember, when you became a Christ follower, Jesus sent his Spirit to indwell each of us, to lead and direct us through the direction of the Word of God. Through the, through the, um, as we learn the Word of God, the Spirit testifies to us, and, and he leads and directs us. And so we have fellowship with his, with his Spirit. And then he says, since you have affection and mercy for others. As a result of putting your faith in Jesus Christ and receiving the love for God, the natural outworking of that is that you begin to show affection and love for others. Since you possess these things, the Apostle Paul is clarifying, having the same love. Remember, Jesus Christ loving us. We are united in spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to be divisive. He's not going to divide himself. In other words, the Holy Spirit is going to be central in his focus, which is making much the name of Christ. And since we should be intent on making much of the name of Jesus, he says, then, then do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. Since you possess these things in Jesus Christ as a follower, and you are ambassador to Christ, to the world around us, he says, do nothing. Then do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. That's arrogance, that's pride, and that's ego. See, when we enter into a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we begin to possess the mind of Christ. No longer should we be motivated to accomplish the purposes that we were seeking to accomplish before in our life. Now we should be about, about accomplishing Christ's purposes through the opportunities that he gives us on an individual day in and day out basis. And arrogance and pride and ego have no place whenever it comes to working out your faith. Whenever it comes to walking daily with Christ, those things are all driven by me mentality. Those are divisive attitudes to have. Those attitudes don't build bridges in our world that allow us to engage people with the good news of the gospel. Those attitudes of arrogance, pride, and ego, they build walls and barriers to keep people out. They don't convey that we've been the recipient of grace and mercy and love of God. They convey that our perception is, is I'm better than the world around me. Arrogance, pride, and ego are a me-centric attitudes. That type of attitude conveys 
you know what, I know all there is to know about everything, and I know that in my thinking it is far exceeding the thinking of others, and that my plans are the best plans. But the Apostle Paul says, since you possess the mind of Christ, since you've been a recipient of his love, since you've done those things, do nothing with the attitude of arrogance, pride, and ego. In other words, they have no place whenever it comes to doing the work of God, the work of Christ in our world. Instead, he says, consider others as more important than yourself. Consider others as more important than yourself. He says, look out not merely for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. You know what? Humility is a funny thing. Andrew Murray once said about humility, he said, the humble person is not the one who thinks meanly of himself. He simply does not think of himself at all. Warren Wearsby put it this way, humility is the grace that when you know you have it, you have lost it. Humility is the grace that when you know you have it, you have lost it. Recently, I've heard people say and make the statement, I'm the most humble person I know. And I sit back and go, uh, I think you missed the boat. The truly humble person, they know themselves. They accept themselves. They yield themselves to Christ, to be a servant, to use what it is that they are and what it is that they have for the glory of God and for the good of others. Let me say that again. The truly humble person knows and accepts themselves. They yield themselves to, the, to Christ to be his servant and to use what it is that they are and what it is they have for the glory and good of others. See, others is the key idea in this passage of Scripture. It's the key idea that the believer's eyes as a result of following after Christ, are turned away from himself or herself, and they begin naturally to focus in on the needs of others. Now, it's easy to focus in on the needs of others when the needs of others fits into our schedule. This is easy to do when when the needs of others don't interrupt our times and our preferences. They don't interrupt the neatness of our lives. It's easy to think of the needs of others. Don't cause us to to, to miss out on something that I want to do or my personal preferences because then then, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. It's easy to do if it falls into the the box that, that we need it to fall into. But it's interesting to me that the Apostle Paul lays out very clearly. He even puts a a, a clarifier in there that it's not just look out for your own interest, and you can look out for the interest of others as long as your own interest is met and as long as it's convenient for you. But no, he clarifies. He says everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Consider others as more important than yourself and said another way instead of fixing your eyes on the points in your life in which you excel begin to fix your eyes on the points in which your neighbor begins to excel in which others around you can excel showing and sharing the love of Jesus with them and there this is a definite shift in our thinking 
It's a different mentality that takes place as we begin to look outwardly instead of looking inwardly because we want to share and show the love of Jesus to the world around us. See, when we flip me to we, we become interested in others. We become interested in their successes. We become interested in their souls. We become interested in their struggles. We become interested in their sorrows. We become interested in their problems. We become interested in what it is that they're going through and what it is that they're facing. Why is that? Because Christ was interested in us. And because in in lifting them up and seeking for their success, we are telling them that in the same way that they're important to us, they're important to Jesus. But if our message to them is you're only important to us when it's convenient to me, then that's what they're going to believe about Jesus. That, they, that, that he only cares for them as much as what they can do for him. Now, I spent a good deal of time chewing on this passage of Scripture this past week because there was something in it that was nagging at me, and I could not figure out what it was. There was a question that was being asked that I could not, I could not bring out, that I could not verbalize as I was working my way through the text. And it wasn't until I I began to really examine the next passage and the next section of Scripture that that God began to to reveal what that question that was laying at, at the very root of what I was thinking out. Because here we see the Apostle Paul gives on to give examples. Multiple examples of, 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 of people who emptied themselves out for the sake of others. What's the first example that you see? Who's the first one that the Apostle Paul gives an example to? You see it in verse number five. Who is it? I'm not trying to trick you. It's Jesus. And then he gives two more examples. Who is it? It's a little bit further down. Verse number 19. Look at your headings if you need to cheat, okay? Okay. Timothy, and who else? Epaphroditus. And then the last one is the Apostle Paul himself. He gives four examples of what it looks like to live lives focused outwardly, focused on others. And from those examples, we see exactly what it is that the Apostle Paul was encouraging the Philippians to do. But what we also see is that these men, they wrestled with the question that we all must wrestle with before we commit our lives to God. And what's the question? What am I willing to give up to care for others? What am I, gonna, what am I willing to give up for the cause of Jesus Christ? The Apostle Paul lays it out for us in verse number 7 of chapter 3. And he says, but everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. Everything that was a gain to me, I consider to be a loss because of Christ. In its entirety, looking at the whole context of it, we saw that the Apostle Paul said, the things of this world I consider inferior in comparison to Jesus Christ. 
In other words, those things may look like success in the world's eyes, may look like success in the Christian's eyes, may look like success in, in religion's eyes, but you know what? I count those things as a loss in, in saying I count Jesus as infinitely better than any of those things. Therefore, I am okay with giving it all away for the cause of Christ. I am okay with him utilizing those things in order to reach somebody else with the gospel. So we must be willing to wrestle with the question ourselves. What am I willing to give up to do with the apostle Paul says in verse number three and four? What am I willing to give up in order to in humility, consider others as more important than myself. To look out for the interest of others. Am I willing to give up my seat? Am I willing to give up my time? Am I willing to give up my position? Am I willing to give up my money? Am I willing to give up my energies, my recreational activities, my conveniences? What am I willing to give up for the cause of Jesus Christ? If reaching another generation with the gospel requires us to give up our personal preferences, would we be willing to do it? If we hold back, if we hold back our resources, if we hold back our time, our talent, our energies, our finances, as a means of saying, I am more concerned about getting my way than seeking the name of Christ to be magnified in the, in the context in which I find myself, instead of reaching good new, the, the people with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm more concerned with getting what it is that I want. I'm not willing to give up anything. If that's our attitude, then what's the point in doing any of this? The Apostle Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Church family, we are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Therefore, in making disciples of Jesus Christ, we have to be willing, as followers of Jesus Christ, to say, I am willing to give up everything for the cause of Christ. I am willing to give up that which I hold dear if it means that we're able to reach somebody with the good news of the gospel. I'm willing to give up that which is a personal preference, not a biblical principle, in order to reach someone else with the gospel. We're here to make disciples of Jesus Christ, not make disciples of our personal agenda. This is a church, not a country club. That is our function as the body of Christ. Jesus is our focus. Because looking out for the interest of others is exactly what he did for us. Remember, while we were yet sinners, you finish it. Christ died for us. He didn't have to step out of heaven. He didn't have to step down into our mess. He didn't have to do those things. 
yet he did. He was inconvenienced as a means to glorify the Father, as a means of showing love to us. He sacrificed himself. And yet there are so many petty things that we hang on to because I don't want to be inconvenienced for the cause of Christ. Yeah, I'll serve you, Jesus, as long as it doesn't inconvenience me. No, when we turn our lives over to Christ, what we're saying is, you above all, Jesus. You are first. You are foremost. You are Lord and Savior of my life. Verse number four, he's, uh, verse number five. Adopt the same attitudes as that of Christ Jesus. Let's go to our Lord and Savior in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you that your word is clear. <clears throat> I want to thank you that your call is...